Hello, welcome to Trekkie and Beyond, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Monika. And I'm Andrea. And in episode 13, so much has happened. In this episode, Michael is dealing with the weight that Lorca is actually a Terran. And everything that he has done up until this point, which since she's met him, even before she met him, was a manipulation to all get him, to get him back to this point. So guys, can you believe it? Because I can't. So Monika, let's get into it. What was your initial reaction? What? <laughs> like, this was just crazy episode, fast paced, a lot going on. I'm looking forward to dying it, diving into this review. Yes, this episode, um, for me, my initial reaction is almost disbelief because I felt like Lorca was just the obvious baddie. So he couldn't have been the baddie because he was the obvious baddie, you know? I felt like they were just setting him up to being the bad like bad guy but really we were going to find out it was someone else and everything that he had did up until this point was supposed to help discovery and to find out everything he did was a manipulation because he was from this universe so i am just sort of in disbelief and a little bit let down that like the obvious bad guy was the obvious bad guy i wanted a little more but it's not over. <laughs> it's not over. Well, he's dead. Like, he's dead, dead. So, but let's get into it in this episode. So, on the first half of this episode, a lot has happened, and it's a lot to digest. Um, we see that Michael is talking with uh, Giorgio, and she is trying to convince her to, hey, let me talk to Discovery again. They need to know what's going on. And Giorgio is like, no, that's not going to happen. Arrest her, put her in the brig, which, Giorgio, let's be honest, you shouldn't be doing that when your ship's under attack. That's what your last one did. Not, not a good look. Um, Michael's escaping. Lorca is letting his crew his crew free or his uh, his uh, followers free. We see Landry again, and that is just like the first fourth of the episode. What did you think about that of seeing Landry again and understanding that like she was important to him? Well, first of all, I think Lorca stated that he had been working on this for a year and twelve days. So for almost two years, no, one year, 212 days, one year, 212 days that he's been plotting this angle to get from one parallel universe to another to then release them, reunite with his crew so that they can then take over this whole Terran empire and possibly the other universe as well. Like, that's a lot of dedication. That's a lot of planning. <laughs> He's a master. And can you imagine being an agonizer for one year and 212 days? Like his crew members, his followers were in that, or basically tortured every day for, nah, just shoot me. I ain't dealing with that. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say like that. Well, I don't know exactly how that works. Like, do they get, when do they eat and they go to bathroom in there? I don't know if they get a, like a break. I don't know if it was a full exact one year. I can only see them getting a break for food and bathroom. I feel like the emperor was that type of person was like, nah, let them suffer. They came against me. They get no reprieve. Suffer, suffer every day, all day, every day. That's so what you get. The organizer booth would have been really messy then. <laughs> you go to the bathroom once a day and then you like, eat once a day to make sure there's not much mess going on <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was he 
was the savior. He came back for it. It's not like he he like knew he had to go back to this particular place. It was just what a plan. It's just like it's just the art of a master plan there. And good thing his followers were still supportive of him and didn't abandon ship and decide, oh, I'm gonna follow Giorgio now, which they could have done just to escape the agonizer. Well, I don't know if that would have happened because Giorgio didn't seem like she was the forgiven type. So I felt like they she she could they could have really like came back to her, but she still was like, no, you betrayed me once, you can betray me again. Deuces. Right. Um, yeah. We also Good get point. to see this uh this version uh this Tara's uh Paul was apparently at one point on Lorca's team. Actually, that does go to your point because it does look like he turned he turned on them. He turned on Lorca and he's with Giorgio. So actually, you might be right. They could have maybe renounced him and Georgia could have taken them back because Paul apparently was on Lorca's side and then betrayed them. There's so, always someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which it seems. Um, and so we see that Lorca is using this bioweapon that Paul had initially started creating for him. Then he turned it over to Georgia. Georgia and um, he's using it on Georgia's crew now. And then he pits like out a um, a ship wide basically ship wide announcement, basically just taunting Giorgio, telling him telling her that like, hey, I'm back. People come to me, forget her. And I feel like Giorgio did the thing that you're not supposed to do. She took the bait. She should not have taken the bait and like I'm gonna take the fight to him. No, Giorgio, you don't do that. You don't. You don't do that because the last time you did that, it did not work for you. Even though that was a different version, <laughs> stay on, stay where you have the high ground. Don't go to them. Um, what did you think of Giorgio in the scene where she, or what did you think of the scene in general of Giorgio basically going up against Lorca's people and like losing? Right. So I think she's a proud emperor. She like she wants to defeat him and she's been searching for him and there was this cute cool so there is the this backstory and she just wants him dead by yeah. all means and she wants to take because it was interesting to me that she was the first one to come to join them in that corridor she didn't send out her crew first to and then she entered later she was the first one there and then the rest of her crew joined behind her and she had her gun ready to fire um, her phaser. But it was, she's, it, it, she's taking it too personal. And she is. She, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. She is. Keep going. Keep going. Right. <laughs> and I, I think she also knew because it was smart, I guess, this meeting location because they already had some um, weapons planted in the walls in that corridor. So maybe she thought she had a plan for for this best location and a force field already planned so that she would stop at a particular point. And she, she just thought she was going to be on the offensive and that she was going to be able to play Lorca. Little did she know that Lorca also had his own weapon, and that's Paul with all of the knowledge of the way that this this hallway was set up in the corridor. Uh, and um, Paul just helped them to navigate because Paul also turned against Giorgio and helped Lorca 
against then, his will though i'll say that paul was helping Lorca against his will because he was hiding from him at first right and right. Lorca like fat, saw the glitch in the matrix and was like oh get over here and he's like oh well you know i'm surprised you're alive <laughs> paul was not happy to see him um i feel like at that right. point, I don't, this this taryn paul was not my paul like hashtag oh no right I agree with you. <laughs> this paul, this paul flip-flops to whatever he needs whatever side yes. he needs to be on to survive and then he's also using his powers of engineering for evil which i don't like um to exactly. use the spore drives for and the um my serial network to um to make a weapon mm-hmm. and that was Lorca's plan the whole time because i i so I didn't catch this until the second time I watched it. This Paul also developed some sort of other bioweapon. And it was, was a bioweapon to... that like basically almost gassed people. Like you saw when people were falling on the ship, um, falling on the ship. Lorca, he was originally creating that for Lorca because Lorca asked him, did All you right. finish it? And he was like, All he right. did. And so it was like, he created that weapon um, to for the intention of killing people. And like, right. if you're referring back to when like the whole, uh, with the Ripper, I feel like whatever happened to them was an accident though. Like that was probably a byproduct of something. Um, and then Ripper getting out and then like killing everyone um, <laughs> after the fact. But like yeah. whatever initial bio issue that could have happened, I think that was more of an accident right. versus this Paul intentionally trying to kill people. Cause our Paul, was a douche, but he wasn't that much of a douche. <laughs> right, and our Paul, many episodes ago, told Lorca that he did not want to be involved in war. Yeah. He wanted to be focused on science, and that he wanted to even go back to Starfleet headquarters to focus on his, his science. And Lorca was like, no, <laughs> that's not what our mission's about. So it's interesting that these two Pauls have, I mean, like their their thought process is to learn more but for like their reasonings behind it one has an honest and good like i just want to know and and invent and the other one's like i want to kill people so i survive (laughs) right right it goes to show like is it the environment that influences us to do these certain things or other traits we'll see more um and so while all of this is going on in the ship um, as Michael had escaped from Georgia trying to put her in the brig, which again, did not make any sense because you're already fighting one, a front, a front on one battle. Don't fight on two sides, whatever. Um, Michael gets in contact with the discovery. Um, and right before she does, the discovery realizes, Paul realizes that the, uh, that the network, the sport network, um, the evil Paul, I guess I'm calling him evil Paul because he is evil. The uh, mycelial uh, network that he was creating was actually poisoning um, the field. The way they were using it was basically destroying it. And that if, and then if he did, if he, his, if his plan worked, all life, or if his, uh, I guess his plan failed, I should say, because I don't think that's what the, that's what their plan was. But like, if their plan failed and their um, mycelial network actually did fail it would kill all life on earth. And so the discovery is trying to like figure out how do we stop this? And then, you know, Michael gets in contact with the discovery and she has to break the news to them that their Lorca is not their Lorca, which makes me wonder what happened to our Lorca. But yeah. um, you can see the heartbreak on their face when they realize their captain is not their captain. And that like 
basically you have to stay in warp because he will kill you. And to see some of the characters, like the, um, can't remember her name, but the black woman with the dreads, how yeah. she was killed on the on Sharon. Yeah. And like, you see her again on the discovery, you're just like, yeah, honey, he gonna kill you, stay there, <laughs> don't come out. Um, and then having to realize they still have to come out of warp because they have to destroy the energy source. Otherwise they're all gonna die anyway. Right, that, right. That was a heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah, Saru can't be captured anyway. He's going to become an instant slave too. So that's a whole other thing. And he doesn't even know that yet. <laughs> yes. I am still waiting for her to tell tell him. I, I know that it makes no sense for her too, but it also would hurt him more if she doesn't. I feel like, because if it comes out, ever comes out. And then when we get to the end of the episode, we'll talk about why it could come out. She needs to talk to him one-on-one by themselves and explain everything that she had to do to survive she needs him like she respects Saru to the point where I feel like because literally this episode takes place probably 30 minutes after she ate a ganglia so (laughs) no what she needs to do is just tell I wrote the report read the report like, no, I wouldn't put it down. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't put it down. I wouldn't put it down. I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't put it on the paper. I would just please read the report, section fifteen. <laughs> or like I would say it in the video, and then like have him watch it. But like she needs to tell him, um, because that uh, whew, that is a lot for him to have to digest. Digest. I didn't mean to make that joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> It'll be a lot for him to process. Um, but he, she has to tell him because she already lied to him. And there's a there's a really good chance that he can find out now when we talk about in the second half of the episode that she lied to him. So I think um I think she needs to tell him. But like what else did you feel or what did you think about the whole scene of her basically that her and the discovery having to come to terms with they've been lied to. A lot of them have been lied to a lot longer than she has. Um, that basically everything that they have been doing up to this point has been a lie. Paul realizing that it was a setup for him to do a hun- those 133 jumps that Lorca literally put his life, put Paul's life on the line for himself. Like, what did you, what are your thoughts on that scene? Like, what did you pick up? What did you see? What do you think is going to happen? Well, first of all, I'm glad they were able to quickly make that connection and believe her because what if they didn't believe her I yeah mean, she, she's still the, like the mutineer like <laughs> so there could be some trust issues but they trust her um mm-hmm. now but if they didn't and they tried something else that would fail um they're on they're like isolated because they don't have any other reinforcements available to them um, everyone's on the emperor's side even if they're against Giorgio they're still on Lorca's side so yeah I see what you're saying right and then also this whole time their reality not they've been lied to so there's the seat there from their own leader their captain and then also the values that they have with Starfleet for to value life and to value the environment to take care of the environment because they were trying to save that creature can't remember the name of the creature not just ripper the one that um um henry mudd came on they thought 
what was the name of that thing? Oh, that Seawell thing. Right, right. So they're all about saving the environment, but yet in this Tarian empire, they don't care about natural resources. They mm -hmm. want to use it as a weapon, even if they use it to the last drop and it's never available again. So they want to ensure that life continues because that's part of their values as part of Starfleet. And the Tarian empire is completely different. And so it's a really, it's a complete opposite um, in this mirror universe. It's hard to struggle with. Nope, you are definitely right. And that's a lot to digest. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, let you guys digest all of that information. Um, and then we'll be right back with a part two to discuss the second half of this episode because Michael, you're making dumb mistakes. So let's, we'll be right back and then we're going to talk about it. Okay, don't go anywhere. Welcome back to episode 13. Okay, guys, so at the last second half of episode 13, a lot goes down. Um, we have Lorca is trying to track Burnham. Um, we have Giorgio and Burnham having a nice conversation. We have Lorca trying to uh, basically guilt Michael into staying, Michael trying to save her team, and the Discovery being total badasses and finding, and finding ways out of situations. So let's break it down and let's talk about it because it's a lot to digest. I meant to make that joke the second time. <laughs> so it starts off with uh, with uh, Michael on level three. And she is trying to basically find either her way out of it or find Giorgio. Because she needs to make her way to the throne room to bring down the fields that would allow Discovery to destroy the Mycelial Network. And Lorca has an obsession with her. And he basically comes on the screen and is like, hey, you know, Michael, come find me, come to me because, you know, you don't really have a choice. And Michael ends up talking to him and we see Landry, who is Lorca's like faithful sidekick, number two, um, basically is tracking her. But Michael's too smart for them because she hides, she basically masks where she is so that way Landry can't find her. And she ends up finding Giorgio and they have a conversation where Michael basically admits that both versions of her betrayed Giorgio and I thought that was a very interesting thing because they both sort of betrayed her in different ways I guess Taryn's Michael betrayed her to take over and Michael like because she didn't think she was doing the right thing I guess for Taryn's and then our Michael betrayed our Giorgio because she didn't think she was doing the right thing when it came to the Klingons and it's like they're so similar but so different but they both got betrayed so what did you think about that part of the second half of the episode? Oh, I really liked the scene because it also showed how similar they also are. Mm -hmm. Because on one side of the table, there's Giorgio holding the pendant for Michael. Yes. And then on the other side, Michael's holding the pendant for Giorgio. Giorgio. I was like, oh, he's both still had these trinkets this whole time. It was nice to see that they both meant so much to each other in both universes. I still yeah. haven't seen their hue, which makes me feel like Paul wasn't worth Hugh's time, but whatever. But right, what and I still want to know what happened to Michael in the Tyrion Empire. Like, where is she? Because her body was, has not been yeah, covered. So we'll find out more, hopefully. I would like some closure there. But uh, that exchange was really good. Um, they talked about yeah, just their 
Giorgio didn't think that anyone was going to find her there in that room, but Michael also knew that that's her sanctuary. So they just know so much about each other. And it just seemed like they had known each other for a long time, even though they just met a day ago. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, totally. It's, um, it goes to show like no matter what universe they'll be in, they're both, they're, they're both, they mean so much to each other. So it's like, if this was like the multiverse and there's multiple other universes, I, no matter what, it's like, it's sort of a comfort to know that Giorgio and Michael will always find their way to each other. Um, hopefully Michael does not betray Giorgio in every universe right. in some way, shape or form. Um, Cause we know that our Michael, again, the hill that I would die on from the beginning of this uh, season, she betrayed her in order to save her, which was, I think, the difference between the Taryn Michael betrayed her in order, in order to take over versus our Michael just wanted to save everyone. So they both did betrayals, but like the reasons behind them were different. Um, but I do like that they band together to decide to take down Lorca together, which we needed that from, we needed that. We needed to see them come together. It gave me I a little bit of closure. Yeah, I just thought that was a little too easy because this Giorgio seems to have trust issues also. And it just seemed very convenient. Maybe could she just know that there was no one else there on the ship to help her, but it was just too easy for the two of them just to talk and then band together to, to take down everyone else on the ship. Um, no one how sketchy Lorca is. I felt like, yeah, you're right. It was a little easy, but at the same time, it's it's like for both of them, how we could see in the beginning of the episode where um, Michael called her Philippa and she was like, I'm not your Philippa. Um, just, I'm just like, you're not my Michael. It's that, it's that thing of you're wearing the face of the person who means so much to me. And so it's almost like the Taryn Georgia is like, I'm getting that relationship back that I wanted. I wanted, like she has the face of Michael. She has the attitude of Michael. Um, she thinks like Michael, but this one isn't one who's to, who would betray me to take over. Like she, like this Georgia knows that this Michael wants to just get back to her own world. So it's like, she could help me take over and I get my shit back and I become emperor again. And I show them I take over. Like I run this or I don't work with her and I still die and I lose everything. So either I fight with her and have a chance of winning and killing Lorca and taking, and taking back my ship or I die by myself. So right. I felt like it gave her that closure of almost feeling like she's fighting with her daughter because this Michael, she considered her daughter. Oh yeah, I think it shows true leadership there. She's not going to escape the ship like we think Lorca did before. He was the only mm -hmm. one that survived the Defiant. So like how she didn't just choose to like leave on an escape pod. She chose to stay on the ship. She chose. She's choosing to fight this to the bitter end, no mm -hmm. matter what. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, <clears throat> sorry. And so, on the discovery, we see that the crew, um, the core group, our our core people of the crew, um, they are realizing that in order to destroy the energy source on Sharon. Um, or Sharon, that they have to basically use up all of their spores and you put it on the photon torpedoes and to blow everything up and realize that in the process that, 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 that them themselves might die. 
Um, but it's like one of the things where like you have to do it because either you do this and you die and you save the universes and all the universes or you don't do this and everyone like dies. Um, and then we see our Saru. And I have to say, this Saru made me love him. I was just like, <laughs> he's grown so much in episode one. What do you mean this Saru? It's the same Saru. <laughs> no, because this one was heartfelt. He gave a heartfelt yeah. speech. This he's was from his heart. This was yeah. not a scientific speech. This was not a, oh, pro uh, probability. Yeah. He was like, no, you know my species. We can predict death. I do not predict death for us today. We do not believe in no-win scenarios. And I was like, yes, I will follow you, Saru. I will follow you. Like, I was like, my, my little man's growing up. <laughs> he better. He's a captain. He's an acting captain. <laughs> um, but it was really nice to see that the Discovery crew understood that they were going to give up their lives like even though like it was heartbreaking you, there was that moment of it settling on all of them that oh god we're gonna die but ne no one said we can't do this i like right. that until like Saru was like no we're gonna do this but we're not gonna die doing it we're gonna find a solution right. um what did you think of this what did you think of that scene just what what are your thoughts oh I loved it. I think it's the complete opposite leadership scene than Saru talking to the hand kind of Saru. Yes, that was like he's grown. Right. So he has stepped up. Tilly has stepped up. She's a lot more confident now. Yes, than, the than hair I want to see more of that. I think it's the hair. Yeah. The hair is helping her. And her research, she's running the simulations there. They're not like ignoring her now. They're embracing like everyone was there in a circle talking. So they showed. She didn't stutter one. She didn't Sorry? stumble over her words. She didn't stu no. stutter. She didn't stumble over her words. She's so much more confident. And she's seen herself as a captain, even though her captain was Captain Killy. But it's okay. She can embody that without the killing. <laughs> Yes. And I think bottom line, they knew that they're not, they're not home right now anyway. Mm -hmm. So take the risk, save everyone and hope that Paul can also help them get back to their universe. And um, that is better than where they're at now. Yeah. They can't stay in work forever. They cannot. And thankfully, Tilly and Paul, they do come up with a way to survive. They realize that once they... Um, once they actually blow up the energy source, um, they can ride. They can they can ride the wave of um, of it out, and there'll be enough spores in the air where Paul should be able to then take them home. Um, so I'm very happy that they were able to come up with a solution, but I'm also happy that Saru had his had his moment of of having a heart. And I don't want to say he doesn't have a heart because he does care. He does care about his people. He does care about his crew. But like this was a moment where you saw him truly as like, you are my family. Right. Where I'm not going, I'm not going to lose you. Not like I'm just your captain. You're my crewmates. It, I, we saw him like think of these people as his family. And I was just like, I'm not going to cry because this is just a TV show. This is only two seconds. But um, I might have had a little, I'm, I'm proud. I'm yeah, it's a big character journey arc for him, for sure. It really yeah. was. <laughs> and so back on the Sharon, because um, Lorca is being a total douchebag, 
we see that Michael and Giorgio have been pulled in front of him. They've allowed themselves to be captured. And Giorgio, being the badass that she is, is like, my destiny is to kill you. You're not for you to kill me, basically saying, you may have think you've captured me, but I'm not going down without a fight. And Michael tells him, tells Lorca that you will only have my mind, but I'm going to stay if um, only if you allow my crew and the discovery to survive. And you only have my mind, basically meaning I'll be here, but I'm not my heart. Like, I'm not going to support you, but I'll give you my mind to save her team and her crew, her family. And I was like, okay, Michael, I'm, I'm respecting this decision. Um, and then Lorca calls the discovery and you can see the heartbreak on their face. Even though Saru was acting all sassy, like, uh, I want to hear from Michael, not from you, because you're not a trusted source anymore. <laughs> Um, but you can see, you can still see on some of their faces how upset they are that Michael was right. And not the fact that they didn't believe her, but the fact that like, this was their captain who they all put their lives, like their lives in his hands. And he just turned on them. Right. Well, he was also talking to them, telling them that he was also training them and he was proud of how they had over time converted from Starfleet to like his Aryan ways. He was giving a little speech there. And I think they were all kind of shocked that like, oh yeah, we were under your leadership, but you were brainwashing us and now we're free. And little do you know, we have a plan, <laughs> but they were listening. Um, I do want to circle back to two things with the opening of the scene when they were entering in and which Michael um, escorted Giorgio in in a similar way in which she escorted a Lorca in before as like, here's my gift, here's my prize, um, I bring you something, um, but it's actually like a Trojan horse kind of thing. <laughs> so yes, she did that the same exact thing that she did with Lorca. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so I, I just wanted to pull out that and present that. And then secondly, I was wondering if there was a little bit more there when she said, you can have my mind, my mind only. Like maybe they, maybe the other Michael and Lorca were, nope. I don't know, nope. had something nope. else. I don't nope. know. But nope. because it was she's, a little weird. No, no, no. The only reason I'm saying that is because Giorgio said that Michael latched onto him like a father. But then I think she said later on it became more. I... No. Okay. okay. I didn't okay. get that line, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I I I could be I, I I can say from Michael's end, I felt like she was like a father figure. You know that's how she uh, viewed Sarek, like how it was he was strictly always like a father to her. Not to say Michael might not have viewed her a different way. I I mean not Michael. Because not to say Lorca didn't view her a different way. Look at how Lorca's face glowed after she said I will be I can be with you physically like I can you can have my my mind and I so will that's what I'm saying I feel like yes. I could say maybe on Lorca's side but not on Michael's side right, I feel like right. I both Michael's you. I feel like yeah. both Michael's viewed him probably as because this Michael viewed him as a mentor I feel like the other one just viewed him as a father figure mentor and anything more just 
sort of seems gross. But there, there was that point where when he was getting tortured last episode, where the the guard was like, "My sister Anna," and you discarded her, and he's like, "Something better did come along." So that right. you could, oh, oh that right. just makes it seem he so gross. He also reached out his hand to her when they were on one of the transport ships together. Like he like touched her in a in what I thought was a creepy way, but. He, he was always very creepy with her. He was always yeah. creepy with her. Yeah. Yeah. But he seemed oh. to glow the way Henry Mudd glowed whenever he was talking about his love. So that was just a little weird for me. I just wanted to share. <laughs> but maybe there was something else, at least on Lorca's side, that he had a, has a crush on. Oh. I hope not, because he's Lucius Malfoy. No one, wants to be, no one needs to be touched by him. Um... <laughs> But because it was a Trojan horse, we see that uh, Giorgio and uh, Michael start fighting back. And Giorgio can fight. Michael can fight. But Giorgio, this is why I love that actress, because she can fight. And she yeah. did a, it was a great fight, fight sequence between them. And in the end, she ends up killing Lorca, stabs him through the heart, and then like kicks him into the mycelial network so he can like evaporate. Like there's nothing left of you, dude. Like you are dead. And I loved every second of that fight scene. What did you think of the fight scene? Oh yeah, I loved it too. And it for me, it gave me flashbacks to I guess the second episode with the mm -hmm. Battle of the Binary Stars, in which um, Michael and Georgia were fighting on a Klingon ship as well, yep. and they were like they were together fighting. And I think Michael had some. We couldn't tell. They didn't present any flashbacks, but I think it was that connection again that led her into some other decisions later. <laughs> We're gonna talk about the decision, and it's just and we'll get to that decision in just a moment. So they, Michael and Georgia, are able to fight back Lorca's crew. Um, they kill Lorca. She brings down the shell. Discovery and um, the rest of his crew is trying to fight at the door to get inside. And Giorgio's like, I'm going to uh, fight them off for you. She's like, I'm, I'm a fallen emperor. I'm never going to regain my throne. Let me do this for you now. Um, and Michael did what she couldn't do in the second episode. Yeah. She has, she tells uh, Starfleet Discovery, beam me back. And she sees Giorgio is firing. And Giorgio has some great aim because she's taking everyone down who's coming after her. And she instead runs towards Giorgio, wraps her arms around her, and they both are transported off the ship back to Discovery. And Michael, I know why you did it, but you're stupid. This was the dumbest thing to do. And I hope I improved wrong. I hope I improved wrong. She is not your Giorgio. Your Giorgio. It's not your Giorgio. Right, right. But in the moment, she was thinking about the got the ghost she had the ghost yeah. of Giorgio and I think she lived with regret the conversation with Saru about not bringing Giorgio the captain back mm -hmm. right and she just leaped and did it there's it's a strange scene also because they beamed back onto two different like landing pads on Discovery which they should have been back together so that was a little weird because they jumped together but um i i agree with you she shouldn't have done it and Giorgio does not look happy 
that she, she does not. Like, what have you done? Yeah. <laughs> she, she wanted to stay there. Uh, and that's going to be a tough conversation to have later. And yeah. So, so they're back on Discovery and Saru tells them, okay, fire into my seal network. Let's get out of here. And they do. They fire it. They, they ride the wave out. And the spore net, there's enough spores for Paul to get them home. And they go Great home or they, and they start traveling. And Paul is trying to figure out where they're supposed to go. Um, and it's basically, you see him sort of almost going down like little synapses of his brain, these little tubes of like traveling, trying to figure out where to go. And we see Hugh come back and basically help guide Paul back, um, which is so sweet. And I loved it. And they get back and they realize that one, they are in the right area, but the wrong time. They came back nine months later. And, and it seems that the Klingons have won this war. And Giorgio is looking at Michael like, what did you do? Why did you do this? Why did you bring me back? And that, that whole end scene of them being back, I was just like, okay, Giorgio being back, she's ruthless. Maybe she could help them take out the Klingons. But this is, it feels like almost like it's the end of the season episode, almost like, but it's not. I'm happy that we have a couple more episodes to go. Um, but what did you think of that whole ending scene of of everything that just happened, of them getting back, them it being nine months later, and then the Klingons apparently winning the war? It to me, it's like it spun around full circle because Lorca has now been replaced with with Georgia, right? Lorca was in the Tarian Empire in now this, like, in this universe. And now there's Georgia and she doesn't have the rest of her ship. So it seems like, like, a swap. <laughs> but in this case, Georgia is not the, um, the captain. And hopefully, like, this is recorded and there's nothing that happens. So Giorgio then leads a Starfleet ship, <laughs> right? Like, Back this is going to be crazy. I'm worried about her seeing Saru. I'm worried about her. Like, Michael, right. did you not think this through? Saru, right. she, she ate, eats Saru's. Right. We know that Michael leaps and then thinks about it later. And this is another example in which she did that, right? But um, now, like, how do you ever get Giorgio back? Um, you can't send her back. How, right. Like, it, and, and she knows that, too. She knows that the odds are slim that she's going to be able to get back. And then also, who's down the captain? Saru? Acting captain becomes the full captain? Like, where's Star, Starfleet? We don't know if Starfleet yeah. even this um Giorgio can't be the captain Michael oh no she's definitely not gonna be the captain we still have Laurel and we still have Ash to deal with we there's right. so much that could go Giorgio eats Kelpian she's on the <laughs> if she touches Saru I'm gonna riot <laughs> maybe they could go back in time nine months I don't know how I, I don't because once his horrors regenerate some more, I don't know. <laughs> I and if they can't go back, 
where do they go? Where does Starfleet go from here? Do they just go underground? Do they? Oh, there's so much people. So they are Starfleet, right? So guys, let us know in the comments. Let us know what do you think is going to happen next? Do you think um, Starfleet went underground? Do you think only the Discovery is Starfleet now? Do you think Discovery has to go back nine months to the moment they left and come back? What? And I'm with you. I do hope that they have everything recorded so that they can be like, look, we didn't just disappear for nine months. Like, this is what happened. Um, what do you guys think is going to happen in this next couple of episodes? Because I think there's only about two more left before the end of the season. So um, let us know. Let us know what you think in the comments. If you're on YouTube, let us know there, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Answer the polls. And just let us know what you think. Monica, what do you think? What do you what do you think might happen? What do you think might happen? Let the people know. Okay, I don't. If it was me, I would ask them to go back a year, two hundred twelve days plus nine months, <laughs> or the day before Lorca. <laughs> if we need to go back to that point, if I'm the writer, that's what we would do. <laughs> what about you? I would go back to before Michael did her mutiny and explain everything that was going to happen and capture that Lorca because that was before all of his crew died anyway capture the incorrect Lorca because if he still has the eyesight issue you know he's the wrong Lorca and hold him prisoner um because either way even if you go that back if you even if you go back a year 212 days and nine months he still is going to end up in their universe no matter what. So I want, I just want to make sure that they don't let Michael again, because the hill that I would die on that Michael doesn't do her mutiny and like say, Hey, the Klingons actually are going to attack. So when they come fire first, no fire first, listen to me, listen to me, look, look at my eyes. We've already seen this happen. Fire first. Oh wait, we actually broke the we actually broke the code of how to get through their little um, secret little veil thingy. They're like the cloaking mechanism. Here you go, fire first. Look at me, don't mess this up. Fire first. Like I would even have the fake Giorgio tell the real Giorgio, fire first. <laughs> like, so that way the battle of the binary stars never happens and Lorca doesn't get his foothold and then they can capture him. Because if it was no war, he doesn't really get his foothold. He never gets discovery. But if he never gets discovery, does that? <sighs> and see, here I was thinking that you would just call Henry Mudd to help them go back in time. That's how I thought that was going to be your answer. <laughs> oh, no. Because I, 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 I don't like him. I don't, like him. I don't respect him. I would find him no, out of his face. <laughs> so that is everything. Um, so again, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoyed watching us on YouTube, if you enjoy listening to us and our laughs, um, please subscribe to us. Hit the little red button on the YouTube screen, or you can follow us on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are played. And as always, I am Andrea. And I'm Monica. And live, live long, long and prosper. prosper. Hey, guys, it's Andrea. Thank you so much for listening to the most recent episode of our podcast, Trekking and Beyond. If you enjoyed it, please consider supporting us by clicking the support button in the episode's description. As always, guys, live long and prosper. Bye.